From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. As long as I can remember the name of the show, it has been making your home great. I believe that's correct. Making your home great. We we get experts from their field, bring them inside, talk to them about what what's going on, and and we learn stuff. Every single week, whether we want to or not. <laughs> Holly Bowers from RoofWorks. How are you doing, Holly? Good. Good to have you back, sir. It is a special week for you. What is it? Uh, National Roofing Week. Oh, wow. What? Yes. yes. National Roofing Now, what week. goes on in National Roofing Week? Well, we just celebrate what we do best. So, this week we spent the time celebrating our team, which I love and so excited about. They, they have an award ceremony. They all get dressed up. Oh. It's a black tie. Black tie. No, 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 no. There's a red <laughs> carpet. Wrong industry. Photographers <laughs> outside. And, and you know what the name of the, the award is? What's that? The Roofies. The Roofies. <laughs> it really is. Classy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, with that, we move on. How's the roofing world? It's great. Yeah? RoofWorks is going along. We're... Oh, yeah. It's well, staying busy like always, so... And when you say staying busy, there's probably a different to everybody, everybody's company. Sometimes it's we're staying busy, we're tearing off roofs and replacing them. And then they're staying busy. Yeah, I cleaned a gutter in Creedmoor. That's right. It just depends on, you know, what it is. But we got work coming in and we always need more work. That's the biggest thing is just making sure that we have work for our team. And if you literally didn't have a roofing job of major importance... This week, you would be clean. Well, not you personally, but the team would be cleaning gutters again, like Creedmoor and you know Fuquay and wherever. Oh yeah, we're gonna do any and everything that we have. But the good thing for us is we do have work. We got big jobs, little yeah. jobs, repairs, gutter cleaning, all sorts of things. How many times does a customer pay you to clean their gutters before they finally just pay you to put in a gutter guard system? It depends. I mean, it's... <laughs> One, two, maybe after the second go, they're like, all right, time to go ahead and install this uh, gutter guard. Or There's different brands, though, aren't there? There are. There's the Gutter guards are all over the place, price points, too, so you just have to kind of be careful what you're investing in. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. I mean, there's some gutter guards that are, they cost an enormous amount of money that I just don't know if that's really worth the investment more yeah. so. So we always try to give good, fair prices on products that we know are going to be effective now, my understanding, without over-gouging. My understanding is there's there's several different options for gutter guards. also depends on what kind of trees you have around your property. That's right. Is that right? Yeah, because you have gutters. like There's gutter guards for pine trees versus yeah. oak trees. So, yeah, you do need to make sure if you're going to invest that you're getting the right system put on for the right tree coverage. Now, I only knew this because we had a customer uh, last year, and I went out, and you could see they had gutter guard on their roof. Right. But he was furious that they weren't working, and it was him that actually told me, well, look at all the pine trees around here. They installed the ones for oak trees, uh, and he's the one that walked me through, and he said, these don't even work that well. I'm constantly having to get up there and clean them off, so I felt for him. I guess know, know you're getting the right ones uh, before they're installed. Do they, do they all have a an impenetrable barrier, or do, 
do many of them still have holes in them? It depends on what system. I mean, right. some some do have the holes. That's why I said it depends. Like the pine needles, you can't get the ones that have the big holes because the pine needles are going to stick in them. So, oh, they are, yeah. Yes, that's why, like Brock was saying, it's really important that whoever sells you the gutter system, gutter guard system, knows what they're talking about. And people hear it's, roof it's a works. a big investment, so just make sure that you do your homework on it. People hear roof works, and they don't think gutters. They got to start thinking about gutters. They also have to start thinking about about fascia and soffit damage and full gutter replacement. Yeah, I mean it all goes hand in. It's the whole envelope for the roof, the fascia, boxing, soffit, yeah. gutter system. It's all it's all one big envelope. And if it's these things are not cleaned, then well, of course they look terrible. They tend to get a black, you know patina um but on top of that there's real damage that happens to the wood can happen to the wood and roof behind it oh yeah for the gutter system especially but also keeping your roof clean too because i mean you'll drive down the road and see houses that are covered with pine straw and oak leaves and those you got to get that stuff off the roof because that will damage the roof just as bad as it damages the gutter system and fascia if your neighborhood is old enough where the pine trees are that tall and they're dropping on everybody's roof, mm-hmm. probably I want to talk to roofers. You know, I, have them come by. I would. I, I, you'd be surprised how many houses I inspect now that either do not have gutters yeah. or the gutters are the wrong size. I mean, if you have an aggressive pitch roof, for example, a, a 10-12 or a 12-12, you, you typically want a 6-inch gutter at least. For sure. Uh, which it would be six inches from the fascia sticking outward. That right. way they're, they're uh, wide enough to accommodate the volume of water that's traveling down that pitch at velocity. I mean, it's, it's an aggressive pitch, so the water comes down that very quickly. Okay. And if you have a little three-inch gutter at the base of it, a lot of the time the water will overshoot the gutter altogether. I know that, yeah. So having a, the, the appropriate size gutter, and I just I see them all the time. There's no gutters. They're too small. They have damage under the house because they're getting bulk water down there because yeah, the drainage is not that. done properly. Yeah. It can cause a lot of different problems. All right. So Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier will heat proof for you know heat treat your roof it'll take care of (laughs) take care of the attic space and lower the temperature in it i want to talk about the foundation you see foundation issues all the time oh yes 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 caused by this bulk water bulk water is is normally an indication of of exterior drainage okay whether that be drainage in your yard drainage off of your roof you know, a lot of the really talented landscaping companies uh, will hook up downspout uh, extenders yes. on the end of your gutters, yes. bury those, yes. run those to a French drain in your yard that has a box drain connected to it, and then carry it down to the street. Right. That's a really good, efficient drainage system. You're taking your roof water, you're taking your yard water, and you're pumping it all out to the street. Well, not all of us have a system like that. Most of us either just have gutters or don't have gutters, but we might have a box drain. Right. Well, when you don't have the combination of, of everything I just discussed, there's a good chance, not, not a guarantee, but a good chance you probably are having some drainage issues around the property. And we send all this water to France? We send it to your neighbor's <laughs> house. 
We, oh, we dump yeah. it all on their backyard. Ah, oh, great. Yeah, that's where the water's coming from anyway, in most cases. Actually, I've got, I've got a, uh, in fact, I've always had, I'm, I, you called it a French drain or a mm-hmm. box drain. I've always mm-hmm. had some, some sort of drainage off the property. Okay. You know, a cement thing. Yes. Not too far. Culvert area. Culvert in the, in the. And the tubes all lead there. Yeah. That's good. I found this out planting trees. Mm-hmm. The tubes are running underneath my property. Good. And they're buried, and they all reach there. Mm-hmm. But away is what you're looking for. Yeah. You want to try to push the water as far away from the property as, as possible. A lot of people will run it down into the street because, you know, we have gutters out in the street. Sure. We have uh, uh, sewage systems out there that can catch that water and relocate it. Yeah. But that's, you know, one of the first things you do when you build a property is work out the drainage plan and find out where the waterways are going to be, the spillways. Right. Well, a lot of these houses are not new. You know, these are houses that were built in the 80s and the 90s. And those spillways over the 20, 30 years since then have eroded and changed directions. So drainage is very important. You right. do not want to have an issue with your gutters not being the right size. You having flooding in your yard because eventually that water is going to work its way into your crawl space, and that's what we call bulk water. Yeah. Uh, and I've had customers that have had bulk water just an inch or two deep, and I've had customers it was nearly all the way up to the subfloor. Two, really? two, three feet deep. Oh, yeah. It can get very bad. That's a flood. That's <laughs> pretty close. And, and, they, and they might have had that several times during the year. They might have had that a couple of times during the year. It's not all all rainstorms, but a lot of them. It's, it's after the really big heavy ones. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, we we get little rainstorms here and there that last a couple of hours. I'm, I'm talking about the ones that hit you with heavy rain for five, six consecutive hours. Yeah, that's when there you, you would not imagine how much water is being dumped out there. Right, and it can fill up very, very quickly. And if you don't have, you know, adequate drainage. That water's just going to start building and building and building, and you're crossing your fingers waiting for the clouds to part and the sun to come out. Right. Is this true whether my house is built on a slab or whether I have a crawl space or even I have a tall crawl space? Uh, I mean, it it's not going to be the case if you have a, a slab. You're not going to be getting water, you know, under the house. Yeah. That, that uh, footer was dug. They poured concrete there. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be getting a lot of bulk water under a slab. Right. It's primarily for crawl spaces. Um, now, whether your crawl space is two feet deep or 10 feet tall, it's irrelevant. You don't want standing water under the house. Yes. It, it becomes stagnant. Yes. It raises the relative humidity under the home. Now you're getting water damage on the subfloor, the floor joist. It increases the humidity. So now you have mold growth, fungal growth, mm-hmm. snakes, frogs, lizards, all the little critters that like going down there when it's a moat. It's yes. just not a good environment to be living above. All right. We're going to talk to Holly Bowers of RoofWorks this hour. Second hour is Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. We are on Making Your Home Great. Will we feed you? A lot of people listen to talk radio and they say, this is a great show, but they've never fed me. (laughs) And we like to repair that here on Making Your Home Great by offering a gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, the place for lunch and dinner. You want some food? Call us up. 919-860-9783. Now... A lot of people have been calling up lately without a question at all. You got to have a question for either Brock or Holly. 919 
860-9783. Brock has been in a lot of construction situations. Over the years? You, you, you Back in the day, you did roofing, but do you also... Didn't you flip a house or two? Uh, uh, yes, we owned a general construction company there you back go. in Texas. There you go. So he's got lots of experience. If you're running into something you don't think fits the topic, call us anyway. 919-860-9783 at WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great on WPTF. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is here. Holly, what are you guys working on? A whole lot of stuff. We've got a um, couple huge multifamily projects we're working on. Really? Some big coding jobs. Um, we are doing some jobs at the coast and obviously residential jobs we got going on everywhere. Where are you going at the coast? Uh, down at Moorhead City, Atlantic Beach. Um, and everybody volunteered for that job. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, well, I wouldn't mind Friday afternoon knocking off and. You know, what's the most the common roof package at the beach? I, I mean, are they going with the same type of materials? No, it's, it's actually, that's what I love about it is because it's all different. It's real custom homes down there. So really? it's a whole bunch of, it's an array of a whole bunch of different products from metal to cedar to um, zinc. Really? Um, wow. To, let me see, tile. We've done a really awesome Luduichi white tile down there, which is really uncommon. It's a, it's a really rare beauty. Though. Tile's, a, tile's tough. What's the name of the tile? Uh, Luduichi. Who? It's uh, Luigi. Mario Luigi. and Luigi. It's oh, like okay. the highest end tile that you can get. And it was actually a white tile, which is it's not common. So we were really excited wow. about that. Tile? Now, how is it fastened? With tile? Yeah. I mean, Which, I, yeah tile is done on a completely different system. So you can do it on a batten system, um, copper nails. It's really important that the way that you lay tile is in slate the same way. It's the labor that is so intensive that's sure. so important because the product itself costs a lot of money. But if it's not done right, it's really going to cost the owner. So those are the products high end that if you're going to do it you need to make sure that you go with the best company out there yeah it, you you can't put up a, a tile roof system quickly no you gotta concentrate. it's just even it's if you even if piece. you're rushing through it it's just it, there's no way to do it quickly it's you, a, you can't hire a 22 year old who's never done it i mean you can to go ahead and do it <laughs> but i wouldn't recommend it right broke another tile it, yeah exactly that's the true craft side of yeah. the roofing industry with that with the, all the copper flashings and the accents that's that's the beauty that's the beautiful part of roofing tile roofers are specialists and in most slate, cases yes. yeah slate Metal. and tile can mm -hmm. you do that kind of thing with a with a nail gun <clears throat> no i wouldn't recommend it I mean, you mishit something, you've broken the product. Yeah, you can yeah, shoot, shoot a tile and, and crack the tile, and like she said, those things aren't cheap. It's just a different. It's a different method. So sure. It's very. You got to take your time. It's very time consuming and right. tedious, but that's what's that's what makes it special. I mean, and, and it looks gorgeous. I mean, yeah. when it's done, that, that's not a roof you're going to be replacing any time in the right. near future. Right, that right, is right. A, a long, long lasting roof design if it's done correctly. 
and that's it's really the key. But that's a that's like a lifetime investment right there for a roof. Yeah, and if you get the right products, I mean, the, the tile and slate itself, if you get the right products, they'll last, you know, 100, 200 years. Yeah. Most, most of the time, what you have to do is a relay. So if the underlayment system is what goes out, so, you know, 50... 75 years in, you can take all of those pieces off and stack them, right. redo the underlayment system, and redo the flashing work, and then relay all oh. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, so, I mean, you see all these amazing buildings everywhere that have all this beautiful tile and slate on it that has been there for hundreds of years. That's sure. why, because they're just redoing the underlayment system. Wow. So I, that's, I, that's what keeps How the long out. would that take? I mean, how, how long is the... Uh, the lifetime of the underlayment system. It depends on what products you use. Yeah, but I can get, you know, a fella, not that I'm ever going to put tile on my roof, but, you know, if I did, 50 years? Probably, 75? Say, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's pretty fair. And, yeah. and you know, it was only about a year ago I read an article of a, a young Cuban man in Oklahoma who had opened his own roofing company, was doing very well there. Yes. Well, apparently he went back to Cuba and redid the tile roofs on several of their historical buildings mm. there that had, you know, these tiles were hundreds of years old. Right. Uh, and, and that's what they did. They pulled it all off. They stacked it. They redid the underlayment, redid all the bracket system, put it back right. on. And, and that just could prolong the life expectancy of these buildings for, for generations to, to come. I, I thought that was a really cool story. And commuted every day. In the 1957 <laughs> Chevrolet. Yeah, Bel Air. <laughs> big, big Bel Air. All right. So, Holly, you mentioned copper. Now, I'll never, most people will never buy a copper roof, clearly. But you guys have put on copper-only roofs. We have. I mean, most of the time, copper, you don't you don't normally see it as a whole roof right. being metal, but it's a lot of accents like porches and valleys, dormers, things like that. And, you know, the gutter system. So it's beautiful to use as right. all of those type of accent pieces. But is it awfully expensive? It is. Yeah. Has it become more expensive? I think everything has. Yeah. So. Yeah, and every every third week, some guys out there with a screwdriver trying to disassemble the, the night, and, trying uh-huh. to take it away. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, this the stuff that our guys have done is just incredible. I mean, John Strickland, he runs our specialty department, and the thing he's just so affluent in that side of it and he's pretty he's incredible i'm I'm hesitant he's a great teacher to teach you know all of the younger guys coming into it as far as them getting in and getting their hands on it and learning how to install it too right i'm hesitant to say this because i don't want roof works to be broken into but they have a healthy amount of copper that that these guys can install and and it sounds like he's a specialist i mean that's yeah him and jj i mean jj fabricates all of the copper in the shop and we've got a big metal shop now so we can custom make all of that it's that's that's just the stuff that makes them really special i visited off hours their rottweiler is not as friendly as she ought to be (laughs) i'm just saying a lot of copper but we got to have it on hand let's talk about having things on hand or or being able to put your hands on things because earlier this year you you couldn't i couldn't get this thing you know, how are you guys doing on, on product? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely come a long way. So we're in a much better situation than we were, you know, fourth quarter, third quarter last year. It seems like production's picking up. We're not having as many issues getting materials and supplies. 
Freight, still, freight has started working itself yeah, out. Yeah, it's still lagged, but not not anywhere that it was. All right, so uh, so somebody has damage of the roof. Let's let's just assume for a moment we're going to replace the whole roof. What do you suppose the timeline is for getting that thing finished and done? Well, it, I mean, it depends on what products that you're putting on. Yeah, but just your normal shingle roof. I mean, it's just a matter of us getting you on the schedule. Right. Depending on what our timeline is, so that part that part isn't an issue. But that's not three months. No, we can get. I mean, if it's in, like with our schedule, we work it out. So if if you got massive leaks everywhere and we need to get that roof done, oh, we're yeah. going to push a couple of things off just to get to you quickly. I got a triage. Now, I learned this recently. You triage when you go to the emergency room, and you're sitting there for nine hours. Because you only have a cut hand. Correct. Right. Some fella's got something else going on. They, they go ahead and they treat him first. All right. Well, that makes sense. Uh, we're talking with Holly Bowers from RoofWorks and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Holly, you mentioned the specialty division. Just We've got enough time for you to list off the things they do. Oh, gosh. Slate, cedar, tile, metal, anything that is out of the ordinary. That's what. That's why we call it specialty. Because it's not your ordinary, you know, shingle department. It's it's all the extras, all the higher-end products that do cost a lot of money. We have to specialize in that because if you're going to make the investment, we have to make sure that our team knows exactly what they're doing. We're talking roof repair next half hour coming up along with the Holly Bowers from RoofWorks, Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier on WPTF. <music> FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. We bring experts in to talk about your home. If you're interested in getting uh, some uh, questions answered, you can go ahead and do that by dialing 919-860-9783. Today, we've got some Mudcat tickets what? to throw into the, yep, go out to Five County Stadium, just east of Zebulon, or technically in Zebulon, and, and enjoy a, a game on us and with three of your friends. Four tickets, huh? Four, t- yeah, yeah, four tickets. To see the Mudcats at Five County Stadium, the only stadium in the minor leagues where you can eat the mascot. <laughs> you can the, the Muddy the Mudcat is the mascot, and he's essentially a catfish. You can go up in the restaurant and have a nice catfish dinner if, if it suits you. <laughs> You're right, you can. Well, you can go ahead and do that. So call us up, 919-860-9783. There was something in the news uh, today about, or this week, about aliens. Aliens crashed their their spaceship. Did you see this? You'd think they'd crash before they got here. <laughs> if they got all the way here and then they, they you know... They that crashed is, on the last run. That, that you got to feel bad for them. That guy is not in the Alien Astronaut Hall of Fame. <laughs> whoever crashed into that. I didn't see it. There it is. So if you're an alien listening on the WPTF app, you know you can listen anywhere in the galaxy. You go ahead and call us up, 919-860-9783. Intergalactic charges apply. <laughs> so Holly... The, so you do a lot of specialty stuff, but day in and day out, 
You've got crews going out checking on people's roof. Oh, yeah, doing roof leaks. We got an awesome crew, two-man crew we send out, and you know we're assessing roofs, checking leaks all the time. And, and if somebody on doesn't... every roof system. Somebody doesn't yet have a leak, but they've seen uh, eh, sort of... I think it's damage. You know, that tile used to be plumb, used to be straight along an edge with everything else. No, it's not. They should call you guys. Oh, yeah. Definitely give us a call. Our, our techs are great. They're going to be honest with you. And if they find anything, we're going to bring it to your attention. Uh, take care of leaks on site most of the time. Yeah. If not, we're going to get it dried in for you so that we stop the initial damage. And then we'll get estimates over to you. And we talked about safe, fascia and soffit. These these are the areas. And then you called it the box. The area near the roof that's not quite on the roof. Right, so it's the trim that trims out the house. So you've got the eave, which is where the gutters hang, and then you've got the rakes on the sides of the house. If it looks dirty, but you can't tell whether it's dirty or rotten, rotten, I would think that we can just pick up the phone call you guys. Yeah, we'll come out and check it out. I mean, sometimes visually it's hard to see behind the gutter system, but those guys can usually do a good job to let you know. If you're spotting some areas where there's a rot, there's probably going to be quite a bit more that isn't, you know, doesn't meet the eye. So you need to get them up there and check it out. And that's normally either due to improper installation or lack of drip edge. Mm-hmm. If the gutters are installed properly and you have drip edge, yeah. then the water should pretty much flow seamlessly into the gutter. But if they were hung too low or too high or there was no drip edge installed, they could be brand new gutters and still not be doing their job. Uh, unfortunately, they can start causing damage immediately if they're not done properly. Well, I've become an advocate for drip edge, <laughs> walking have. neighborhood to neighborhood, <laughs> pointing out, that, hey, fella, you, you need drip edge there. You can't install drip edge uh, on an existing roof, can you? You can. You can definitely go back and put it on. All right. Well, you got to define it. What is drip edge? So it's the metal that goes around the perimeter. And yeah. if you have vinyl siding, then you most sometimes with the vinyl siding, you do have that aluminum lip that is needed. So you're, you don't necessarily need drip edge. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it depends on what your siding package in your system is. And the drip edge should go all the way around. It should, yeah, box it out like the whole perimeter. The from whole perimeter. And, it, and I went through a roof replacement. In the middle of the thing, they called me up and said, do you want drip edge? It wasn't on there originally, so the insurance company wasn't anxious to pay for it. And I said, well, how much is it going to cost? And it was a major job. They said, ah, a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not much at all. But yet I'm saving thousands of dollars In potentially the down the road. Right, so you have to think about the long game. That's what I say. Right. And sometimes you'll see the, the certain type of special molding on the rakes. If you have that, that does serve as drip edge. So, molding on the rakes. Right. So it's the trim molding because sometimes you'll see the trim molding on there and you yeah. won't necessarily need drip edge because okay. that'll play its part. But So if I, don't see, it, if I don't see a metal out. edge, Dave, Dave hasn't talked me into calling RoofWorks immediately. Yeah, just get someone out there to look at it and then they'll give you the best advice. And it's not, like like you had mentioned, it's not very expensive. The materials are not expensive. The right. labor is not, well, I mean, unless you have a three-story house, uh, the labor might be a little bit higher cost just getting yeah. a guy up that tall. But for the most part, it's it's not overly expensive to have done. However, as soon as it causes damage, you've got a $1,000 repair. Sure. 
well, it's going to cost less than that to just have this stuff put on to avoid that in, in the first place. Yeah, so. it's, it's the least expensive to do it with the replacement. If you're doing it outside of the replacement, it is going to cost more. That's right. So All right, do it while the roof is stripped off. All right. And RoofWorks is quite happy to look at my perfectly good roof, right? I can call you guys up. I don't have a leak. I don't have leaves in my in my valley i don't have problems with my gutters i've got no problem at all except i've got a roof that's a couple years old right please tell me about this yeah because there's there's parts and pieces on your roof that do need maintenance and that's why you've always got to get the eyes up there so it's better to be proactive than reactive because if you can catch it before it becomes a problem you don't have to do sheetrock and ceiling work well, and you can play out a scenario. Your your house is only two, three years old. Your roof is in perfect shape, right? Yeah. You call RoofWorks out, and they get up there and inspect it, and they come down and say, hey, two of your pipe jacks have been chewed through. You're missing a shingle on the backside. It looks like a, you're getting squirrels that are getting up there and causing damage to your roof. Yeah. You didn't even know. Correct. You didn't see that from the street. You're, you thought everything is good. That That's kind of the point is, right. is just having somebody come out once a year to take a look. And they might come down and say, hey, Thumbs up, see you next year, have a good one, jump in their truck and take off. Right. Or they might come down and say, hey, we found something. It's a pretty easy repair. If you want us to do it, great. If not, you know, find somebody else, but I'd recommend getting it done as soon as possible. You want to know about this stuff before it turns into an expensive problem. And as much as you want to do everything, there are tens of thousands of roofs. My God, every every house has got a roof. Right. Right? So... If they had to wave goodbye and say, yeah, well, you didn't buy anything today, and that's fine. Take care of yourself. Have a great week. Call us when you need us. Yeah, and I think the big thing is, I mean, a lot because we run into it a lot. They have a leak in a specific area. We go out and we yeah. fix that leak. But if we see some other issues, we're going to bring it to your attention. And whether or not you want to invest in that, that's up yes. to you. But if we don't bring it to your attention at that point, then we're not really doing you a good service. So. And the odd thing is... When you say that, there are people with their arms folded in front of themselves. You say, yeah, I met an auto mechanic like that once. Right. You know, the water pump went and he decided that I needed new tires. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't want you to wreck when you're driving home with your new water pump. uh, Yeah. That's a good analogy. If he's reputable and honest. Correct. Correct. That's right. If, if If he's looking at your car and gets ever done with everything and he decides you need battery posts <laughs> you need battery posts mr <laughs> alexander and muffler bearings while we're at it and i go ahead and go for the whole battery post muffler bearing package that's something different right that's the reason we bring holly on holly doesn't sound like somebody who's whose company is anxious to do every single thing Right. And I mean, like Brock said, you got to get someone out there that you trust because we're not sitting here trying to just price gouge you and do things that aren't necessary. That's that's not what we're about. But of course, like you said, you know, some people feel like going to an automotive shop or whatever they're doing that you're just trying to, you know, upsell me. But that's where it gets a little bit tricky is you just making sure whoever you're working with that you yeah. do trust and know they're giving you the best opinion. I would also recommend doing your own research and trying to learn as much as you can about roofing and mm. roofing materials. 
So when you're you're talking to a roofer, you're a, or or any industry, okay. The same can be said with with auto mechanics. Yes. You know, Holly and I were talking before the last break. I was an auto mechanic for nearly a decade. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of customers who have absolutely no automobile knowledge at all, yeah. uh, one in particular, had thrown a, a brake pad out of the left side front driver of of her SUV. So mm-hmm. she had ground the brakes all the way down to nothing and actually spit the pad out from under the car. Hmm. Well, we explained not only do we need to replace the brakes up there, you want to replace the brakes on the other wheel. And mm-hmm. we were accused of trying to sell her something she didn't need, yeah. you know, and bless her. She just didn't know enough about vehicles to know that we were trying to guide her in the right direction. Right. Well, it's going to be the same with the roofer. If you don't know anything about roofing, you don't know who is giving you accurate or not accurate information. You don't have enough knowledge to determine whether or not it's it's truthful. So get online, get on YouTube, get on mm-hmm. Google, do your own research, then reach out to a roofer. Sure. And then you have at least you have enough knowledge that you can ask some questions and gauge based off of their answers if they're guiding you in the right direction or not. Right. Holly, what are pipe jacks? Pipe boots, they are the covers that go over the white PVC pipes that come out of the roof. Usually for methane exhaust vents or plumbing, you'll see the big white PVC pipes. But those pipe jacks, depending on, there's many different pipe jack options, but depending on which ones you use depends on the longevity of it. Are they what fail most of the time first? Yes. If if you're using the cheapest ones, yes, they're five to seven years max you're going to get. And sometimes even sooner, depending on the sun exposure. If the it, sun's beating on your roof with no shade, it's most likely going to rot that because it's, it's rubber. Any way to know from the ground? Yes. If you go in the attic and look up, if you see daylight, yeah. they need to be replaced. Oh, that would be bad. Yep. So you can I, you can certainly check it out from your <laughs> attic. But anytime you, you see daylight, you want to question that because oh you gosh. shouldn't be seeing daylight coming long before from Long before daylight, I want to get you guys... Out there, right, and and it is the UV that's deteriorating the rubber. Yeah, isn't it weird Heat. that there's rubber on your roof? Isn't <laughs> yeah. that strange? If you left your shoes out in the sun, yeah, how long would it be before the soles of your shoe had no more flex in them? They're just hard rubber. I you say that like it's like it's a hypothetical. Like it's a hypothetical. I've left them out uh-huh. for years uh-huh. on I, the back. I don't, under, like, I don't understand the pipe jacks that have rubber rubber boots on them. I mean, it, the, your your roof is getting to 140 degrees contact yeah. heat. Yeah. That, that's just so much heat, and you have this little rubber rubber seal up there that's seeing all the weather, the heat, the sun, the, the cold. Yeah. It's just going to last a couple of years. I'd be surprised five or seven. Actually, that's better than they used to be. So if, if they've made some changes that's a little bit longer but you guys don't like those no because that's what because what i don't like about it because especially because i'm coming from repair and maintenance side right. is when we're selling a roof replacement to you i know that's going to fail and so you're going to have to get someone back out and spend more money within the first five years mm-hmm. and it doesn't make any sense so with technology they've made much better products we're going to give you a better product because we know now the products we use they should outlast the roof if you're doing your architectural shingle, especially the way we install it, because we, we double up on the gasket. It's not even a big difference in so, price, is it? It's not, but it's, you know, we could do it and make money knowing that we get to set you up in that maintenance plan, but that's right. not that's not how we operate. We don't want that. We want to get you a long-term system. Uh, again, there are millions of roofs. Right. There are just so many. 
you don't have to do improper work and then come back two years later. Right. I mean, it's not that's not doing <clears throat> a good service to our customer by not giving them the options of the better products that are on the market, especially nowadays. All right. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is in studio. Our phone lines are open. 919-860-9783. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier also here. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Making Your Home Great on WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making Your Home Great on two hours. Start at one o'clock every Saturday on WPTF. Uh, or it was, I have to laugh. We're, we're in a studio here with a Mike Raley cardboard cutout. <laughs> I want that thing for my house. Life-size? Life-size, yeah. It's li- I think it's more than life-size. It's taller than Mike is. <laughs> it's funny because for a lot of the time today, I thought Mike was in the studio he and is, just not moving. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I came in to shake his hand. I was like, nope. That's a cardboard cutout. <laughs> All right. Fool me once. All right. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks here on the radio and Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. What haven't we talked about? Oh, good night. There's lots that we haven't talked about. I would like to talk about different types of step flashing. You would? I would. Okay, so we were talking about roof leaks, right, where a lot of these issues, you're, you're getting water protrusion into the house. Well, yeah. Oddly enough, in the last four to five months, um, I've had a lot of customers that uh, were dealing with pre-existing issues by the time they brought me out to inspect their crawl space, and it okay. just came up in conversation. Sure. In most cases, they had just had their step flashing fixed or replaced, or the chimney cap fixed or yeah. replaced, and there was a lot of water damage on the inside of the house going down the sides of the chimney on the ceiling, wrapped around the outer borders of the chimney. Yeah. Okay, so step flashing. How often should you do touch-up work to existing step flashing? All right, now I've done touch-up work to my step flashing a lot, so I know what it is. Right. Define, please, what it is. So the step flashing... You got step flashing and counter flashing. So you got this. The step flashing is the metal flashing that runs up the walls. Yes. Around the chimneys, and then you've also got the counter flashing, which counter flashing is used if you have any brick or stone or stucco. Okay. And the counter flashing is mounted differently, and that's important that you make sure that that's installed correctly. Okay. So it shouldn't be face mounted. You got to grind out the mortar joints or do through wall flashing when it comes to stone and stucco. The right way to do it is remove the stucco and stone and get that through-wall flashing in and then go over it Yeah. reinstall the stucco and stone on top of it. And now, what is typically used to seal it after it's installed? So the counter flashing, you shouldn't really have to rely on any sealant if right. it's done correctly. If it's face-mounted, they're relying on sealant. So once yeah. the sealant breaks down because it wasn't installed right, you're going to have leaks. Which is what most of these customers were dealing with. Right. Unfortunately, that, uh, I guess, is it, what 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 do they use? What's the term they use for the, the, the sealant that the they MP, put around it? MP1. MP1, thank yeah. you. Um, that stuff has a, has a life expectancy. It's kind of like a glue. Sure. Um, but over time, 
again, it's being hit by sunlight and rain and yeah. freezing weather. Right. And just like anything that's going to be outside, it's going to deteriorate and stop working. So the question becomes, do you constantly touch it up every year or two, I would oh, yeah. assume, yeah. or do you have it removed and done properly? That way you don't have to deal with that again in the future. My grandfather's house looked like a looked like a Christmas cake or like a a birthday cake and it had decades of that yeah just cr- crawling <laughs> almost like a tar so, they- yeah. i so, mean i would i would say the best way is just to get it done right because if not you're going to have to keep maintaining it throughout the life until you do another replacement so if it's if it is face mounted and they're relying on caulk get a good company out there yeah. reflash it do it correctly and then from that point you should be in good shape and they're just buying caulk they go to the store, my grandpa did, and it said caulk, so he would go ahead and buy it. Never mind the fact that that was caulk that was designed for the kitchen. Right. And it had no UV protectant right. at all. Right, and mm-hmm. any anytime you're relying on sealant for anything to keep water out, you're going to have right. to maintain it. It's sealant. It's going to break down. So Even silicone. Yep, it's going to break And that's a weak point, even if it's done 100% well. Well, if, if the counter flashing is done right, you shouldn't need the caulk. Correct. But, we put but a the, small bead just right. for you know secondary backup, but yeah. we're not relying on that to keep that water out. But the point is, from the whole, you take the where am I going to get trouble on this roof? We talked about the the boot flashing. Right. Well, did I say it right? No boot boot. Hip boots. Pipe jack. Hip boots. Yes. Yeah, so anywhere, <laughs> anywhere you've got the walls, chimneys, skylights, Vents. penetrations, yeah, pay any, attention. those are all the critical areas that you need to make sure the details are done correctly. All right. We're going to talk skylights. Okay. And if we have time, ventilation in just a little bit. But Bob is on the line from Raleigh. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, Bob. Hey, hey. Welcome to the yeah. show. Thank you. Talk to me, young man. Just ask me how I'm doing. Yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, that would be a long time. We only have a few minutes left in the show. Oh, okay. So, well, Bob. To, well, let me tell you, I'm doing really good. Good. Since I did the COVID bleach drinking thing, I've been a whole lot better. The COVID bleach drinking thing. For no. the rest of our listeners, no. do <laughs> not drink bleach to get rid of COVID. What is the COVID bleach thing? It was what the president told me to do. No. Oh. <laughs> I should have seen that coming. The answer, Bob, is no. Yeah. Thank you for calling. I have, I have a question for Holly. Go ahead. Yes, sir. A, a couple of weeks back, you were talking about solar tube lighting. Mm. Yes. I've got a three-story house. The top floor is a finished attic, but whatever. I want to know, from the roof penetration how long? How far down can you run the tubing? Uh, that depends. I, I mean, you can you can, can I go to the sec the middle floor with that. You can. I mean, it's just as you add extension pieces, you're going to lose the light. So um, that's why you want to try to minimize the sun tunnels going in areas where you don't need you know a tremendous amount of extension pieces. But you're still going to get the daylight. It just won't be as maximized as it would if you're going from the roof to the third floor. If that makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't go further than about 18 feet. I think after what I've read about solar tubes is, you know, 18 to 20 feet is when you start really losing a little bit of the light that comes through. I think anything over that 
uh, would not give you the same impact. You don't want to put a lot on you know the uh, on the things and and extend them down to the lower floors because of course then you've cut off a lot of territory in the upper floors. You know, well, just cut a hole in the floor. We'll do a little fireman's pole <laughs> exactly through the house. Right. Yeah, exactly. and you have to remember, like you got light filtering don't down. You typically conceal the tubing. We do, yeah. but you still, it's still, you still got light running through it. So, what I would say is, if you're interested, let me get Gary out there and let him take a look at it, and then he'll be able to let you know what he thinks about that. Because every situation All right, is different. Good. All right, okay, Bob. Thank you for your help. We've got some Mudcats tickets for you and a certificate for High Park Bar and Grill, the place for lunch and dinner. Uh, the uh, let's see here. Um, they have um, the eight dollar burger. Eight dollar burger on Fridays. They They've do got a full menu including food of <laughs> all sorts. I don't have my script here. <laughs> food of all sorts. They've got prime rib, chicken, and fish. Ask him about the fish and fries. Superior. Let me tell you, let me tell you something important. When yeah, you go ahead. When you advertise the burger on Friday, yes, I've had it. And you yeah. should add that it's not just a burger, which is very large, right? Way, right. But you get a boatload of French fries with it. Ooh. Yes. So I'm yes. thinking you ought to say the burger plate, or you know, the burger meal. Oh, yeah. yeah, Dave. I should go with what the client wants. <laughs> hey, I told Lucy about this about a week ago. Yeah. And she was going to look into it. Looking? Oh, going to look into it. Bob, do you get a lot of people uh, looking at you and saying, yeah, we're going to look into that? That's true. And then nothing happens? That's true. It happens it, to me a lot. It does happen. Don't I think drink it happens, bleach. Happens to Bob as much as as much as the rest of us. Uh, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Thank you, Bob, for calling. This Thank is you, making your home Take great. Care. FM 98.5 AM 680, but two minutes left to talk about skylights. Let's put a skylight in my house. Yeah, it's a good time right now, too. It's got good weather coming through. You get longer day hours. Um, skylights, we can do cut in brand new cut-ins, which means yeah. we can cut the hole, frame it out, and right. do the interior and exterior work. And then we do our placements as well. Who is qualified to cut a hole in your existing roof? Roof works. Roof works because <laughs> they're the only people I would I would go for a roofing company. Are you removing tiles, cutting? And then and then moving around, or you're yeah, just cutting then, right through the 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 asphalt. We're cutting we're cutting through the roof deck, and obviously we need to get it sized to make sure what your rafter spacing is. Right. Um, so there's a lot of work that goes into it, but we can do the full install and trim out so that when we leave it, everything looks perfect. Lots of great designs, also. Thank you, Holly. You're welcome. One thing I will say is, if you are looking for a roof replacement and you have existing skylights, it's always cheaper to replace those skylights at the time of a roof replacement. So just uh. think about that. We always recommend it because if not, it's going to cost a lot more. And this is making your home great on WPTF. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great on starting at 1 o'clock every Saturday afternoon, whether the sun is shining or not, Brock. And the sun is going to be shining for the next uh, foreseeable future. Beautiful day, but we're giving up a little bit and going inside because 
We think this is important. We're going to educate, inform, enlighten, and entertain. This is called Advo Entertainment. <laughs> we smush everything together into this this hour. So Brock Emmons is here from Triangle Radiant Barrier. Last week I promised that should he ever show up late, I will introduce him as Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Fragrance, which I think is a potential avenue offshoot yeah. for you guys. Open a division of colognes and, and perfumes. Absolutely. Triangle Radiant Barrier is all about what? Customer service. Yeah. It's really what it boils down to. Um, you know, I enjoy what we do. We enjoy what we do. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been in a lot of industries over the years working on homes, and very few of them make the type of impact than uh, really upgrading the insulation. Most of our customers, they call us with horror stories. Yeah. Our bills are through the roof. Our winter, you know, our gas bill was a million dollars. The, you know, in the summer, our bills are four or five hundred dollars. This is only a two thousand square foot house. You right. know, please help us. We've got a new air conditioner. The doors and windows are fairly new. And then when we get done with them, mm-hmm. they call us saying, "Oh my gosh, yeah. thank you so much. Our house feels totally different. My kids are not a." You know, no longer sleeping on the first floor. They can go back up to their bedrooms. It's it's much cooler up there. Yeah. We take not only pride in what we do, but we really enjoy the the feedback we get from our customers once we're done. Yeah. The um the idea that you go into the attic and you make a significant change to the rest of the house mm-hmm. sometimes confuses people because yeah, you can you know ventilate you can make things a little bit better in the attic but what's that going to mean to my to my house yeah honestly you know today's a good a good time to to take a look yeah. um you know i'm looking at the weather report over the next couple of weeks and it, it's you know 85 87 88 89 where we might even get to 90 this next saturday yeah we are i heard my first uh locust or cicada this morning letting me know (laughs) summer has finally arrived okay we've got a lot of hot weather ahead of us and today right now as we speak it's 84 degrees outside well for our listeners that are wondering why don't you go pull down your attic ladder and crawl into your attic right now and tell me how hot it is yeah it's It's not 85 i can tell you that it's 130 plus degrees up there well, that heat radiates down. It's constantly being pushed down from the sun all day until that sun goes behind the trees and yeah. you're no longer, you know, in the sunlight. Yeah. It just gets warmer and warmer and hotter and hotter. And that's why your house is unbearable at three, four, five, six in the afternoon. Your yeah. insulation is, is saturated with heat. It can no longer absorb any heat so a lot of that heat is transferring through into your living space right making it warmer causing your air conditioner to kick on and constantly try to cool off the second floor and it's just never able to keep up my wife insists that the house stay cool i don't know why when i say cool from my perspective she's running it at arctic (laughs) we are the traditional Yankees who come down to North Carolina and say, you know, we didn't grow up with air conditioning in our houses at all. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll run it occasionally. Then we get down here and say, no, we want 
We want it to be a polar ice cap inside the house. Yep. And she insists upon it, but I know that that little spinny thing, that little digital uh, uh, kilowatt meter on the side of the house. Oh, from the, yeah, okay. It's, it's not going megawatts. It's going, it goes in kilowatts. Right. There's like one, two, three, four. It's fast. That thing is spinning like crazy. Yep. And there have been days when I've been outside on my patio and I hear this constant running of the air conditioner 25 feet on the side of the house. Right. I don't think I remember when it's shut down. It's running all the time. Or how long, if it does shut down, right. how long does it actually shut off for? Yeah. It's, it's not just about achieving the temperature in your house that you want. It's then maintaining it. Because right. if your air conditioner, you know, if you get it down to 72, that's where you have it set. Yeah. But then 60 seconds later, it's 73, 74 degrees in yeah. the room. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. air conditioner kicks back on and it starts running again. So it's it's not just about bringing down the temperature. It's also about being able to maintain it long term so your system is running less. So what do you do? Every kind of insulation you can think of. People think of insulation. They're like, oh, the, the pink stuff or the white fluffy stuff in the attic. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a form of insulation. But, you know, if I say it's a car, it's not just the Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm. There's 900 million different types of of vehicles out there. The yes. same is, is with insulation. We do a good majority of it. So my job, when I show up to a customer's house, my inspectors are trained this way as well. So what kind of problems are you having? Mm-hmm. Okay, what are you trying to get solved here? What are you hoping to achieve by adding insulation? And based on their answers, that guides us to be able to explain what type of insulations are going to be better suited to fix that kind of problem. We talked about the idea that a fellow could buy a thermometer, a digital thing mm-hmm. that he could put up in that crawl space. You know, it at 130 some odd degrees, I probably could measure it pretty accurately with a meat thermometer. Yeah, you could. I could put it up there and then just come back in an hour. And it would tell me what temperature. The the 130 in the attic intrudes on the rest of the house, and Brock prevents the 130 from happening. Depending on what insulation the customer chooses. So, for example, there's two ways to insulate your attic. Now, there's m- many different types of products that can be used for either option, but you either insulate the floor of your attic which is where most of that blown-in cellulose fiberglass insulation is laid down. Yeah. Where you insulate the rafters of your attic underneath the roof deck itself. Yeah. Those do very different things. When you are insulating the floor of your attic, your attic is still bloody hot. Yeah. It did not cool off your attic. You're, You're improving the insulation on the floor of your attic to try to prevent that heat yeah. from transferring down through the insulation into your living space. That's what we care about. Sure. Okay, so if you have your air handling unit or ductwork in the attic, if you use your attic for storage, okay, yeah. that type of application is not going to assist with those things. It's going to assist with cooling off your living space, right. but it's still very hot in the attic space. Well, we can do batted insulation, blown-in fiberglass, cellulose, attic cat, rock wool, 
lot of different types of insulation to be used on the floor. Yeah. But if you want to use your attic for storage, if your air handling unit and your ductwork run through your attic, right. a very strong argument can be made on why you would want to cool down the attic itself. Yeah. Now, you would not only cool down the attic, you'd cool down all the rooms below the attic. Okay, so it's not just cooling off the attics, cooling off the house as well. But it's also really cutting down on the load that your air handling unit is trying to to take on. It's no longer having to try to work in a 140-degree attic. It's now working in a 90-degree attic. So What, What happens in the air handling unit? We've talked about the air handling unit. I assume mine is in my attic because they're... There's no space for it underneath the house. Probably. Yeah. So the the air conditioner is what kicks on on the outside of the house. That's what makes all the noise. It's, kind of, it's about the size of a, well, a generator. Yeah. Whole house generator out there. <laughs> um, the air handling unit is the giant mechanical thing that's either under your house, in a closet somewhere, or in the attic. That's what is actually producing the air. What's yeah. outside is the motor What's inside is what is actually blowing the air through the house. So that unit, that mechanical thing that's mm-hmm. that's producing the air, do you think it's going to be more efficient trying to produce cold air in a 140-degree temperature, yeah. you know, or oh, a 90-degree yeah. oh, yeah, temperature? No, 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 no. And, 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 and even though there is a product uh, connected to the wall that we've always called the cold air return. Mm-hmm. It's really not cold air once it gets up there. Once it get a, gets up into the air handling unit. Right. That converts it to cold air and then pushes it through through the house, through the living space. Sure, yeah. And if that duct work, okay, if your duct work, if your air handling unit's in your attic, that means your duct work is in your attic. Yeah. So now you have to have cold air travel through a tube yes. in a 140-degree attic before it reaches its destination and blows the air out of whatever vent it's connected to. Yeah. Well, the air is going to be much cooler having to travel through a 90-degree attic than a 140-degree attic. So now your system is not running as long before you hit the temperature you have your thermostat set on and the system shuts off. Sure. And now it's off for an hour or 30 minutes, 45 minutes, as opposed to six minutes, yeah, and yeah. it kicks back on again and starts cooling off your home. And if your wife is like my wife, it takes a lot of energy to lower the air temperature to 67 degrees, which is her optimal temperature, <laughs> 67 degrees. So if, if you've we're going to talk about the insulation options. You, you listed them. Mm-hmm. But I think that there are people, even in your industry, haven't a clue. The differences. Why I would use one and the other. Mm -hmm. We're just a spray foam company, he tells Mr. Alexander. Mr. Homeowner, I just do spray foam and and I'll roll roll stuff if you want me to. Uh I'll unroll some pink stuff if you want me to. But other than that, I don't know. No sophistication at all. Well, you know, rock wool. Rockwool, for example, that's a sound buffering insulation. Is it really? It's uh, very common in music studios. Sure. Where they do music recordings. Yeah. You know, in here we have all these sound boards right. hung on the wall. Right. 
but during construction, if they knew that this was going to be a sound room uh, or a place they record music, rock wool is very common. It's also very common in houses around airports. Yeah. It does a really good job of being able to, to deaden the sound that's coming through. However, the R value is not as good per inch. Yeah. So if you told me, actually, we're not having issues with insulation, but I hear every squirrel that runs yeah. across my roof, it's driving me crazy, I'd start talking to you about rock wool. Is rock wool something you can put in an existing home easily? Easily is, is a little bit more. So rock wool is typically batted insulation. Yeah. Um, so if a customer wanted rock wool in their attic uh, yeah. and they already have existing insulation up there, if it's yeah. batted insulation, we can lay rock wool down on top of it. Sure. If it's blown in insulation, yeah, you probably want to have that stuff pulled out first and then lay the rock wool down on the back of the drywall, uh, making it a lot more effective. Sure. All right. Well, we'll talk more about insulation, but we're going to get, we've been up above the living space in our house talking with brock emmons of triangle radiant barrier we'll take a dive underneath because that's a major major issue uh we are listening we are on making your home great if you're interested we're listening to the show too but if you want to join in 919-860-9783 not too much in construction that brock wouldn't mind weighing in on He's and never, I believe we have mud, more Mudcat tickets. More Mudcats tickets. That's right. That's coming up on the show, 919-860-9783. Please do call us on WPTF. Making your home great. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great on WPTF. Rock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier is here. I want to ask about the Rockwell Last question about it. Is it actual wool? It has wool components. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not just wool. It's sure. not like they're out there, you know, trimming down sheep. Uh, if they had done that on my house between, say, hypothetically, the television where we have lifetime movies playing mm -hmm. at 8 o'clock at night, and my bedroom, where I'm trying to get some sleep, that would have been a benefit. It would have. And and honestly, nowadays, rock wool is not overly common. Yeah. Um, we use it primarily for uh, game rooms. You yeah. know, during construction, we have a lot of builders that have us come out and insulate during construction. If we know there's a game room or a movie room, yeah, uh, we'll use it there. In the crawl space market... Um, Let's say, for example, a customer has completely encapsulated their crawl space and put in a dehumidifier. Mm -hmm. Well, some dehumidifiers can be a little loud. Yeah. Some aren't. Some are very quiet. A lot of the ones that we use are, are pretty quiet. But every once in a while, we have a customer that has an existing dehumidifier, and they complain that at night they can hear it kick on. We'll use rock wool. We'll put a few bats of rock wool on the subfloor right above the dehumidifier, and yeah. that pretty much solves the, the sound deadening issue. Uh, so the certain uses, and that's really the point, is, is having so many different types of insulation, whatever problem the customer is having, yeah. if it can be solved with an insulation, we're going to have that insulation and be able to guide you with, to whichever one is going to, to fix that. You've talked about the price of foam products. Mm -hmm. Is it a whole lot different than the batted 
the rolled insulation? Night and day. Not just price, uh, efficiency, effectiveness. Spray foam is is arguably the best all-around insulation out there. Um, it, it comes with its own drawbacks. Okay, When it comes to the impact it makes on your home, yeah. it's top of the list. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's also very, very expensive. But again, there's there's you know drawbacks to it. Yeah. Um, if you foam seal your attic, for example, with a spray foam, yeah. it's applied directly to the back of the roof deck. Yeah. A lot of roofers aren't big fans of that because they can't track potential water leaks in the future. Yeah. So there, there's pros and there's cons. Right. Um, personally, I'm I'm a big fan of radiant barrier. I, I think if you're going to insulate the rafters of your attic to cool off the attic, Radiant Barrier renders nearly, not quite, but nearly identical results to a spray foam, typically sure. within about three to five degrees. So it's very, very close at about half the cost, maybe even more than that. I haven't checked the pricing lately, but it's yeah. very affordable. And we're getting, we're actually getting a lot of our customers that are realizing they're getting about a one and a half to two year return on their on their investment. Yeah. After you know insulating the rafters with a radiant barrier, the savings that they're getting back monthly, yeah. it's basically paid all the product off in about two years. But everybody's got rolled insulation in their attic, or at least I thought, or blown yeah. in, or blown in, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of people have got the you know the unfinished bonus room that's rafters but that's the only time i ever see exposed wood Mm -hmm. and i'm looking at the bottom of the roof deck right typically i've got some sort of um typically i've got some sort of uh rolled insulation there why would you come in with radiant barrier so that rolled insulation any fiberglass insulation that's an R-value insulation. R-value insulation, in layman's terms, it's a yeah. resistance rating. It works like a sponge. Yeah. It absorbs heat. Yeah. Well, like a sponge can get waterlogged. Insulation can get heat-soaked. Okay. When it has too much heat in it, it's basically just Swiss cheese at that point. Heat is transferring right through it like it's not even there. Right. It's absorbed as much heat as it can. Radiant Barrier is a low-E product, like low-E windows. It reflects heat. Okay. So all of that heat that's radiating through your roof deck into your attic hits the Radiant Barrier and transfers back out your ventilation, almost like a mirror. Mm -hmm. It is an enormous impact. That same 130-degree attic with a radiant barrier and adequate ventilation, it's mm-hmm. around 90 to 95. I mean, we're talking about a 35 to 45 degree difference. Right. And it's priced really well. It really is. And it, this is why w- for the campfire um, potatoes, we wrap it in tinfoil with the shiny side in mm-hmm. to keep the heat in retention and that's a foil you know the radiant barriers today is a mylar so it doesn't actually Uh regenerate heat sends the heat back off at the same temperature and it's it it just has this similar look to it does it's silver benjamin welcome to the program at this moment in time benjamin the show is all about you (laughs) what can we do i appreciate y'all hey long time listener first time caller thank you um i'm wondering real quick 
I'm thinking about buying one of those sheds down at Home Depot mm-hmm. in the corner. And what do you think would be if I'm like, how much do you think it costs me to like insulate that thing so I could live in it like a big shed? I might even get two. Mm-hmm. Well, you say a big shed. How big are we talking? A ten by twenty? Um, no, I, I I can't go that small. I need at least a forty-eight foot one. I don't mm-hmm. know if Home Depot has them that big, but I'll. I was just looking into it. I, I guess, yeah. Something yeah. I could live in and it would be cheap to insulate. Well, uh, depending on how it's built, I mean, if it's framed in, if you're going to live in it, I, I believe at that point it needs to, to pass code for living space. Um, <laughs> unless you don't don't bring in any inspectors. No, no, no. no. Uh, but in most cases, they're going to want you to have an R15 on the outside walls uh, and a form of R38 up in the rafters. That Now, that's minimum code. And that's the insulation we were just discussing that is a, that works like a sponge. If you wanted to upgrade it further from that, you can then use a radiant barrier product, roll it out across the insulation that you just installed, mount it to the wall and drywall. All right, Benjamin, I'm going to ask you to hold on during the news because we got, we've actually got a marriage counselor who's, who's on staff. We just get the number ready for you. Because clearly there's something shaky going on there. <laughs> Having All to right. move out to a barn. We're right back after this. Okay, I got to go to Charlie C's, guys, so I'll let y'all go. In the WPTF News Center, I'm Maggie Harper. There were some unexpected visitors in the Triangle recently. Multiple bear sightings have been reported both in Raleigh and in Chapel Hill. This is Fallon Owens of the North Carolina Wildlife Commission who says black bear sightings aren't as unusual as you might expect. We know that we have a lot of bears in the mountains, for sure, including Boone. There's a lot of bears on the coast, but we do have a very small population of bears around the Piedmont area or the central part of the state. Very low numbers, but they're there. NC Wildlife says if you see a bear, you shouldn't approach or feed it. They also recommend securing your food and garbage in a safe place, not leaving pet food outside, and covering and storing any outdoor grills. Mostly sunny today in the Triangle. It looks like the high gets up to 87 degrees. Tonight, there's a low around 64 degrees, mostly clear. I'm Maggie Harper in the WPTF News Center. Blew up in the computer sciences building. Three people were killed, 23 others injured in the attacks between 1978 and 1995. Former VP and presidential hopeful Mike Pence addressed the indictment of former President Trump while at the North Carolina GOP convention. When I'm your president... We will end years of politicization at the Department of Justice and restore the confidence of the American people in equal treatment under the law. He said he had hoped the DOJ could have resolved the issues without an indictment. The air quality is getting better, says meteorologist Zach Taylor. Today we're really looking at conditions in that moderate to just unhealthy for sensitive groups. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacey Lynn. Here's your forecast from the WPTF Weather Center. Warm and sunny. The high gets up to 87 degrees for Saturday. Mostly clear tonight with a low around 64 degrees. I'm Maggie Harper in the WPTF News Center. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Uncle Sam Our telephone number. To
FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great. Dave Alexander along with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And we've been talking about the uh, the attic forever. Yeah, and Benjamin had the questions about how to insulate the, the, the shed he's going to have to move into, I guess. I've often thought of that myself. My wife has often thought of that herself. The she shed? No, just... <laughs> Just how much would it take for Dave to go out in the out in the shed? You know, and and Benjamin, if you're still listening, the the my recommendation is is you want to obviously you want to pass minimum code. So the first thing you do is you go with the cheapest insulation. They'll allow you to get away with per code. Yeah. Then you can buy a radiant barrier rollout product. Okay. To apply to the wall studs. Yeah. Cut holes for your electrical outlets, your HVAC. And then drywall right on top of it. Uh, now, yeah. the combination of those two insulations would put you just way up there when it comes to the insulation value. Sure. Uh, night and day difference, and definitely a good investment. The Radiant Barrier product is fairly inexpensive. You're looking at about $0.22 cents a square foot for the material. Really? Yeah, so it, you, know, you need a 1,000 square feet of Radiant Barrier. You're out $220 for the material. That's why I've, I've, I've mentioned on the show, this stuff yeah. is so affordable. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Now, installing it, that's where most of the price comes from is the labor. So if a customer wants us to install the, the material in their attic on the rafters, right? Yeah. We'll get up there and look at your rafters. If your rafters are 18 feet in the air, if you're standing in the attic and you can't touch yeah. the roof, yeah, okay. there's some labor in that. We've got to bring in uh, scaffolding and, and set it up and make sure the guys are safe while being able to get it installed. But yeah. even with the labor, it's it's still a quarter, if not, uh, well, let's say probably 30% of the price is spray foam. Sure. And, the, and to his shed question, if you're just reaching, you know, above you, it's not a, not a real big deal. Take a little stepladder and you're, you're doing it. This could be a DIY project. Some of them are. We have we have people all the time that reach out to us and just purchase the material and, and ask us questions. How to, what kind of stapler should I use? What kind of staples? You know, how should I cut the seams? What kind of tape should I use to tape the seams? That's what yeah. we're here for. It was, we can install it for you, no problem. Yeah. Or we can get you all the materials needed to have the work done yourself. It's no harder than doing drywall or sheetrock. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, uh, on on a skill situation, you're you're holding up something and you're stapling it. Yeah, and now I will say, I, if I had to put a number on it, yeah, I would say probably half, if not more, of those DIY. DYI customers yeah. reach yeah. out to us about halfway through their install sure. and have given up and decided they want us to come out and, and finish it up for them. I don't mind telling you that's that's what happens with DIY projects at my house yeah. of all types. I think the most common, uh, so when we, obviously we do a lot of crawl space work. Yeah. One of the line items in our contracts, if you want to encapsulate your crawl space, is mm -hmm. pulling out all the insulation on your subfloor. Yeah. Once you insulate the walls of your crawl space and it's encapsulated, it's no longer required by code okay. to have insulation on your subfloor. Sure. Well, it, that's 40 cents a square foot to remove that. To remove it. Now, think about that. A thousand square foot crawl space is going to cost you four hundred dollars to just remove the insulation. Yeah, 
And I have customers that are like, that is ridiculous. I'm not paying that. I'm going to go remove it myself. And we say, absolutely. You know, let us know if there's anything we can do. <laughs> and, and I cannot tell you, 90% of those customers are like, that was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. It's yeah. not pulling it out. It's now stuffing it in a trash bag <laughs> and then crawling that trash bag 40 feet over to the door and then throwing them all out in the yard and then loading them up in a truck and trailer and taking them to the dump. Yeah. And that's just not stuff you think about. You're just looking at the cost. Uh, so some of these things you can do yourself. Some of them I will gladly say good luck and let me know if you need any assistance. Yeah, and, yeah. and I know I'm probably going to hear from you. And keep your phone on you. Right. Because a lot of these houses with narrow crawl spaces, it's not – they don't call it a crawl space. It's a drag space. This is a drag space. Drag space. We, we, the, my, my old house, we had an air handler underneath the house. Mm-hmm. And – all we needed to do was replace that little tube from the dryer out to the outside. Uh-huh. And I lost my son-in-law. He was on to the this other day. S- he's it was on the other side of like, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Don't worry about it. We're we're, we're okay. I can't see you. Yeah. You're 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 way over there. I would never have done that. And some of these crawl spaces that you're referring to, drag spaces, yeah. if they have air handling unit and ductwork down there, a lot of the time, in order for us to do our work, yeah. you actually have to reach out to an HVAC uh, company to disconnect the ducts and yeah. remove them Yeah. so my guys aren't crawling over them and crushing them yeah. when trying to do what we're doing. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of companies that we work with that would be more than happy to jump in there. A lot of my competitors... Yeah. They just go in there and do it, and sure. and the customer doesn't realize they have disconnected ducts or a collapsed duct because somebody yeah. crawled across it. You know that's that's not what we're trying to do. We want to yeah. leave the house in better condition than when we arrived. All right, now that we're now that we're in the dusty, dirty crawl space, yeah, let's talk about the floor of that crawl space. Mine was just gravel mm-hmm. and a little tiny. It looked like garbage bags on the on on the bottom. Right, six mil. Yeah, it was it was. Wasn't much at all. Right. Okay. What's What am I supposed to have? The six mil is minimum code, six mil plastic. Um, and and you're, you're very correct. It, it looks a lot like a trash bag, a material made with trash bags. It's very thin. It's very easy to tear through. Um, we carry a six mil. That's one of our cheaper products. Yeah. So if a, if a customer wants a six mil, we can definitely uh, do that for them. Yeah. We also carry a plethora of other plastics. Oh. 10 mil, 10 mil reinforced, 12 mil reinforced, 16, 20 mil reinforced. So depending on, on really how strong and durable of a product they want to go with, yeah. we should have a product that, that meets that criteria. All right. Janet is on the line. Making your home great welcomes you, Janet. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. It is a beautiful day outside. It is, yeah. I, I, actually, my question is back up in the attic. I'm yeah. sorry. But um, you were talking about radiant barriers, and you're saying how well it insulates the attic and throws the heat back. But what does that do to the roof? Good question. So if um, if we were to rewind the tape a little bit, you'll probably hear that I said with good and adequate ventilation. Mm-hmm. So the best ventilation, and if Holly was still on the show, she would agree with me. If you have a ridge vent, the way we apply radiant barrier to the rafters is underneath the roof trusses. Yeah. 
not directly on the back of the roof deck, but on the inside of the beams that are supporting that roof. So we're building about an 8-inch air pocket between the roof and the radiant barrier. Because the radiant barrier is a mylar material and it does not regenerate heat, it is actually the exact same temperature your roof would have seen had the radiant barrier never been installed. Yeah. All we're doing is funneling that heat at an upward angle to your peak, which is typically where your ridge vent is installed. So luckily, it does not cause any additional damage to your roof deck, and you can verify that by reaching out to GAF, Owens Corning, mm. Certain Teed, all of the major uh, shingle manufacturers, and ask them if radiant barrier insulation voids their warranties. Because trust me, the roofer, uh, excuse me, the roofing material manufacturers will be the first ones to tell you if that type of insulation causes damage to their product. And they will all unanimously tell you, no, it does not void the warranty. If anything, it will help the roof because we are cooling off that attic at a much faster rate. Well, that sounds great. And actually, I can't remember the house we were in before. We did put in a... Um, roof vent but i'm thinking how we moved next door because it was a ranch yeah. and what if it doesn't have a, a roof vent well the good news is we can have one installed for you we use roof works so holly and her team could come out and assess the roof and determine uh, what it would take to get one installed and if you decide you do not want a ridge vent we can also install a solar attic fan um the, the three ventilations are electric fan, solar attic fan, and a ridge vent. I am not a big fan of anything electric. If you're using electricity to cool off the attic to save on electricity, in most cases it cancels itself out. So either a solar fan or a ridge vent are the two that I would recommend, and we would definitely be able to assist you with that if that's a direction you wanted to go. Well, we do have, um, it's like a, a gable roof, of course, a gable, gable vent, I guess you call it, because mm -hmm. it's got a big triangle on either end. Does that help? It does a little bit. We would utilize that. Uh, so any attics that have gable vents or ridge vents and soffit vents, my guys are instructed to install the radiant barrier in a way that it does not impede that ventilation. If anything, it helps to enhance it. Okay. Well... Um, and, and how long does it take to do an attic, say 2,000 square feet, something like that? You have a 2,000 square foot ranch? Mm-hmm. So your attic rafters are probably close to twenty five to 2,800 square feet. Because mm -hmm. keep in mind your, your roof rafters are elevated, and you have two sides that meet over the same square footage below it. Sure. So if you have about a 2,500 to 2,800 square foot rafter, I would venture to say that's probably a two-day install. Uh, however, the impact would be immediate. The day it goes in, you would see just a drastic difference of how the inside of your house feels. Mm -hmm. Now, we do free inspections. So if you want to reach out to us at triangleradiantbarrier.com, they'll get your name, address, email. They'll send one of my guys out there to take a look. We'll work up an estimate for you at no cost and obviously answer any questions that you have. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. But let's see now. The other thing is, what about in the winter? Was that 
was there any sun that was trying to make my house warmer? <laughs> what an outstanding question. Yeah. So, insulating the rafters of your house is a summer insulation that is designed specifically to cool off your attic. Yes. In the winter, your issue is heat loss. Mm. The heat is uh, blowing into your living space from your heater. That heat is rising up into your attic, and your insulation is 20 feet in the air stapled underneath your rafters. So it does not have a large impact in the winter. It is specifically designed for summer. If you wanted to try to help retain heat in the winter, increasing the insulation on the floor of your attic is the best avenue for that, which is why when we started the show, I come in and I ask the customers, what kind of problems are you having? And if a customer says it's winter only, we don't have issues in the summer, I focus on the winter insulation. If it's summer only, no issues in the winter, I focus on the summer insulation. If it's both... Those customers typically do a combination of the two. They'll insulate the rafters for the summer and then have us blow in either a cellulose or a fiberglass insulation on the floor of the attic for the winter. And and didn't you at one point say something about you could put the mylar over on top of the blown-in floor? Yes, ma'am, you can. The same product we would install on the rafters can be used to retrofit on the floor of the attic. That would work in summer and winter. The radiant barrier is a two-sided product, so heat is not able to transfer through either side. Hmm. What it would not do is cool off your attic. Your attic would still be very hot, but it would help to keep that heat from transferring down into the living space. So... If you don't use your attic for storage, if your air handling unit and your ductwork are not in the attic, there's no reason to cool off the attic. So then I would recommend applying that product to the floor of your attic, which would be cheaper to install, less square footage, less labor. But again, it would not cool off the attic for storage or to assist your air handling unit. Janet hinted that she has blown in insulation there. Mm -hmm. It's sitting on top of a... would she need to remove that or have it removed first no no No. not unless it is is waterlogged or you know unfortunately urine soaked if any critters have gotten up into the attic but those are really the only two reasons to pull out insulation people always say well what if i have you know mold growing in it mold doesn't grow in insulation it's not an organic source it can't feed off of it it can grow on the paper Sure. You know, if you've ever seen paper bats that have little black dots, that's mold, but don't use paper insulation. We okay. use paperless insulation, and yeah. you won't have that problem. Right. Hmm. What do you think, well, Janet? Well, I just really thank you for all that information. <laughs> You're welcome, Janet. That's what we're here for. Very welcome. It is Triangle Radiant Barrier. Right. Is the name of the company. The website is just dot com. Dot com. And mention you, you heard us on the radio show and you get a 20% discount. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a big, big, big little chunk right there. You, get, you actually, I'm going to top that. For the rest of the day, we're going to give you a 30% discount on all the talk radio that follows <laughs> this show. 30% discount. It will be less money to you for you to just sit there and listen to the radio. 
But, hey, I will tell you this. I was listening to your show and listening to Holly about Bruce work. Yeah. And one day I was sitting in the den, and all of a sudden, one night, and I, I heard this little splash. And we and so I called up Holly, and they fixed our plastic plastic pipe things on top yeah. of the roof. That's um, great. And so, yes, and they did an excellent job. They sure do. And That's we heard it on the radio. I told her that. That's good. <laughs> Because I would have never heard about you all before. So anyway, we love your show, and thank you very much. Thank you, Jen. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, we're going to ask uh, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier the question that's kind of get cogitating in my head almost every week. Gosh, my house is brand new. If this was such a good product, you know where I'm going with it. Yeah. If this was such a good product, all right, I'll talk about that coming up. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. I forgot to give Janet her tickets. Her Mudcat tickets. Janet, every, well... And not every caller, I can't promise that, but a lot of callers here win something. And I'm sorry that I didn't give you Mudcat tickets. If you're ever in the, uh, you just call us back next week and we'll, we'll set you up. Don't worry, but we'll remember you, Janet. She sounded like a Mudcat fan. Yeah. All right, so the the builder who put in the $1.75 sausage, uh, sorry, $1.75 faucet uh-huh. in my bathroom right why didn't they just spring for the radiant barrier same reason same reason they didn't spring for the hundred dollar faucet because it's more expensive and and it whether you do a cheaper faucet or a nice faucet it still passes code yeah, yeah. and that's unfortunately what most of the builders that are out there are focused on now i say unfortunately but listen as somebody who has has purchased renovated and sold homes in the past it's a business. These True. guys are in the business to make money. If they're not making any money, there's no reason to be in the business. Those jerks. So they are. They are. are every decision they make is based on cost. Yeah. Okay. For good reason. Yeah. Now, to a consumer, to somebody buying the house, we don't like that. We don't want to hear that. We want to hear that they went over and beyond and built it perfectly. Right. However, from their perspective, if they did that, they wouldn't have made any money on that house. So why do it in the first place? Yeah. So unfortunately, we're limited to code. That is what builders work off of. Mm-hmm. That is that is the common ground right in the middle is if it passes code. Yeah. If you want better than code, you have to go to your builder and request that. Look, I know you guys are going to insulate with standard insulation. I would like to also upgrade to a radiant barrier, or I want to get rid of all of it and just do spray foam. Yeah. I don't want the cheap faucets. I want the expensive faucets. I do. I, I yeah. don't want the, the laminate floor. I want a tongue in gr- or, a, a, you know, a, a, a LVT or yeah. LVP floor. Yeah. They're going to do just the minimum to get by. So if you want that extra, you need to dis- have that discussion with them during construction, not after the fact. I'm curious as to how much better it is versus code because, you know, you start out, your house is just code. And then you get 
it's it's. I base it off utility bills. Yeah. So let's say you build a, a th- you know, we'll say it's a three thousand square foot house. Yeah. You don't have a pool. Yeah. Okay. A pool is a hundred hundred twenty dollars a month on your electric bill right yeah, I don't there. Want that. I don't want so no matter what you do, that's not going away. But if yeah. you don't have a pool, let's say you've got a, a three hundred dollar bill in a brand new house. Yeah. Had you build it, built it with a radiant barrier product or a spray foam product, your bill is probably 125 to 150. That's less. It's a big difference. Yeah. And when you live there for 12 years, yeah. and you're saving 125, 140 dollars a month. Yeah. It is a very good investment. It might cost you a little bit more up front, but in most cases, if you're building, you're doing a mortgage anyway. So yeah. what, your mortgage went up $4 a month, but your utility bill went down $150 a month. That's what I'm saying. If only the builder had said, okay, this the whole thing is going to cost you this, but for a little bit extra, we can go ahead and reduce your energy bills yeah you'd be surprised how many people would do that if they're even given the option but they're not because the builder is not thinking about that the builder is thinking about here's the floor plan these are the materials we're using if we can get it done in six weeks we're going to make eighty two thousand dollars okay that 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 that, it's a numbers game right and that's the one of the reasons my business partners and i stepped away from that game is is although there was plenty of money in it yeah what it does to you and your mindset, we want to be able to sell things to customers that they want, they need, yeah. drops their utility bill, and I have a happy customer when we're all said and done. I think if you're building a house or you're flipping a house, it is all about squeezing the subs. If you can squeeze the subs yeah. out of every nickel, right. uh, the subcontractors mm-hmm. out of every nickel, and that's not a bad thing to do. I'm just telling you it's not morally inferior it's just the reality of the situation right. if they have a plumber that's going to do the plumbing for 2400 and the yeah. other plumber will do it for 1800 yeah they're going for the plumber that's 1800 even though he might not do it right yeah he right. might there might be a pipe that bust and he has to come back three weeks later to get yeah. it repaired yeah. it's just it's just unfortunately the way it goes All right. we've we've talked about the crawl space we've talked about the attic we've talked about anything you want to talk about uh, 919-860-9783. At least we, we will talk about anything you want to talk about. Uh, this whole ventilation thing, she brought up, talked talked about the the attic fans. Right. What kind of benefit is that? Well, so an attic fan is designed to cool off your attic. Yeah. Okay. Now, that that's a little misleading. Because a lot of people are under the impression, well, if I put a solar attic fan up there and my, my attic temperature is 130 degrees, yeah. it'll cut it down to 110. The way the fan is designed to work, at the end of the day when the sun goes down, yeah, you can go up into your attic at 8 or 9 o'clock at night and it's still 120 degrees up there. Yeah, It takes a lot of time at the end of the day once the sun is down to cool off that space. Right, That's what those fans are for. That fan can cool that attic off to outside temperature in about an hour once the sun is down. As long as the sun is up, doesn't matter how many fans you have up into the attic, it's never going to keep up with the amount of heat that's being pumped into the attic from the sun. All right, well, hang on, mister, because I wasn't born yesterday. Okay. When the sun goes down, that solar attic fan is going to be nothing to me. It's so funny when I hear that. 
Uh, the, the solar attic fans have a charge, so they, they can charge, uh, even if you, there hadn't been any sunlight <laughs> out for a couple of days, it probably still has enough of a charge to be able to run through a cycle at the end okay. of each day. All right, so it's not it's not simple as I thought. No, those are good fans. I, and the, the other thing is, it's not as simple as I thought. You actually have gone to school, essentially, with through the manufacturers and through through other resources to be an expert in insulation. Yeah, I mean, in many different areas. I mean, we're BPI and CRMI certified, so we're also certified mold remediation company as well. Um, there's not really a lot of certifications for insulation. It's not yeah. a licensed trade, which okay. we've discussed on the show before. We, we wish it was. Right. We wish there's a lot of trades that are not licensed that would be, that would hold the industry to a standard. Right. Um, but with insulation, that's not the case. It is with mold. If you want to remediate molds, you need to have mold insurance. You need to be a trained mold certified company, and yeah. we are. That's that's what we do as well. So let's talk about mold in the last minute and a half we have. <laughs> uh, it used to be, if you heard the word mold associated with your home, I burn you, it down. Yeah, pretty just felt like you'd go burn it down. <laughs> that's it. Never was the case. However, it used to be a bigger deal. Uh, it used to be. Um, the only thing that I will say to our listeners in the last minute and a half that we have, yeah. I've got a lot of competition in the area that will come in and do mold remediation. Yeah. I am begging you listeners to demand the insurance certificate for mold remediation. Mm. It is very expensive to have mold insurance. Okay, very expensive. <laughs> Most of my competitors just flat out don't have it. Now, they yeah. will put on their contract. We'll come out, we'll remediate all the mold, we'll wipe it down, use a fungicide. Right, right. Great. Show me the insurance that will back me up in the event you do it wrong and we get sick. If they mm. cannot show you mold insurance, yes. umbrella policies do not cover it, general yes. liability policies do not cover it. Right. If they do not have the insurance, do not let them remediate the mold. I guarantee you it will not be done correctly. And if you're getting into your senior years, ask for Medicaid mold insurance. <laughs> not just on your house, but on your on your personal. On your, yeah, why not? On your on your body. Let's. I'm let's sure they'll honest. take your money for it. All right, we go to to uh, TriangleRadiantBarrier.com, or we call what number? Uh, you can actually reach our offices at 919-986-8808. Thank you, Brock. This is making your home great.